Welcome everyone to another Data Stories podcast. This is Paul Meisty. I'm president and CEO of Lytix. And our goal here on the podcast is to uh, showcase stories that involve data and analytics. And we also like to delve into topics like machine learning and AI. Most importantly, we like to hear those stories directly from people who uh, I like to say have been in the weeds, working with data, building teams, and even building companies around these technologies. So with that in mind, uh, today I have the pleasure of speaking with Ed Ramsey. Um, let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he's been in the data, media, and marketing services industry for quite a while now, over 25 years. Um, for much of that time, he's been at Velasquez with different roles there. Um, he was a VP of data and analytics, a VP of marketing data and tech strategy. Um, he's led enterprise initiatives there designed uh, to grow revenue for the business, but also building new data products that and technologies to help transform clients' businesses. Along the way, he has built highly scaled analytics applications and helped monetize data products, which in turn helped uh, drive incremental re revenue for the business. Currently, he is owner of 444 Ignite, providing uh, strategy and consulting services to a wide variety of clients. So that was a big mouthful there. Uh, good morning, Ed, how are you? Morning, Paul. How are you today, sir? I am doing good. Um, so I've known you for, I was trying to think back, maybe six or seven years now. Um, yeah. Developed, uh, you know, I'd say a pretty deep partnership and a good friendship while you were at Velasquez. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of things um, have moved along for you in the meantime. Um, a lot of interesting topics I wanted to get into uh, with you today with, um, I think, data literacy and, and maybe touching on data monetization a bit too, um, being among the prime ones. Um, but before I do that, uh, I know you left the last, this maybe about two years ago, and you ventured out on your own and um, started your, your current company, 444 Ignite. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about what uh, you're doing there at 444 Ignite and um, your, kind of your experience in striking out on your own? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Paul, and, uh, and your team for, uh, for asking me to join this podcast. I'm really excited about uh, talking about data because uh, that's what I've spent most of my life working with, yep. right? <laughs> and so to answer your question specifically, I... Um, I left Velasquez in 2019, uh, around August. Um, uh, there were a lot of acquisitions that occurred at uh, Velasquez, and there was some consolidation, and my my team and, and organization was impacted. However, I stayed on as a consultant for about six months, um, uh, helping with the transformation uh, and continuing some of the projects that uh, that that we were involved in. Um, as Velasquez was encountering its its own transformation as a company, uh, and so thereafter, um, I took a little break <laughs> and was uh, you know really trying to decide. So, what's going to be my next step? Um, I had a few offers uh, to 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 join a few companies, um, and I was also getting some calls from uh, some vendors that I, I worked with over the years to you know to help out on projects. And, uh, and so I helped out on a few project, projects and I decided, hey, this this might be something that I want to do <laughs> yeah. going forward is just uh, work in a consulting capacity and uh, and really put uh, data and analytics on the edge. Right. And and, and what I mean by that, um, and this is a term that uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dr. Greg Green, used to always put in front of us uh, uh, and present when we were at Velasquez is uh, data on the edge simply means putting data and analytics in a place where it becomes a transformational engine 
for for incre incremental revenue uh, generation, for uh, for for new product innovation, but also uh, uh, to 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 help improve operations within the company as well. Uh, and so um, that that was really the 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 impetus for four 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 ignite. Um, you know how can I utilize my data and analytics skills, more specifically in the area of, of, of marketing, right? And, mm -hmm. and support for marketing functions to, to put data and analytics on the edge, right? And, 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 and that's, that manifests itself through mm -hmm. data strategy and how can data strategy inform uh, the whole life cycle of customer engagement. So from, from that time of awareness, right, Paul, um, all the way to the time uh, uh, that, uh, so when I say awareness, I'm talking about customer or consumer awareness, when you first make that point of entry uh, to engage a consumer, right, all the way through to that point where uh, you actually either uh, create a sale or an action uh, and ultimately advocacy where that customer becomes an advocate for you, right? Uh, and data plays yeah. a role at each stage. And so, so that was really the impetus for, for 444 Ignite is really taking those data and analytics uh, uh, skills and applications and 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 just the knowledge and, and acumen that I've had it really put it on the edge uh, to drive transformation for business. Yeah, I like that data on the edge in that kind of way of thinking about things. And you know, at, at Velasquez, you were doing that there. But I think what's uh, nice about uh, kind of starting your own company and being small, you, you, to me, you'd probably get a little bit closer to the front lines, right? You're working more closely with uh, you know a wide variety of folks at the client. And so, yeah, yeah and, and it's just like a higher touch situation, I think. You, you, you feel like you can help more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a, a great example of that, uh, Paul, is when I first got started, <laughs> not knowing that there would be a pandemic, right, in, in 2020. Good point, um, yeah. Uh, however, um, we, uh, we, we realized, and when I say we, meaning I, I actually uh, partnered with a few companies um, to, to kind of get off the ground, right? In terms of uh, companies that provide analytic services like uh, like, like your company, Paul, and, and a few other companies. Um, however, I partnered with an agency early on, uh, an advertising agency who, who had a major um, um, uh, restaurant retailer, fast food retailer, um, who was really looking to understand how their coupons were performing during the pandemic. Because uh, you can imagine, uh, there were there were many uh, areas of the country that that shut down, right? And consumers were at home. Um, uh, and however, you think about it, businesses were trying to adapt to that change, right? And so, for restaurants, especially fast food restaurants, that um, uh, a requirement uh, a lot of the times was for consumers to come in or go through the drive-through. Many of them didn't have um, um, delivery services. Uh, so you saw the emergence of delivery services during that time, uh, especially some of the third-party services. And uh, in this particular uh, um, uh, fast food restaurant, wanted to understand, you know, what was my messaging getting through to the consumer? Were the offers and were the the the, the coupons that that we were delivering with the shift in consumer behavior? Um, uh, were we seeing any changes or, or, or shifts in that? And so the, the, the critical thing in that, in that moment, Paul, was collecting the data and collecting all the inputs, <laughs> as you can imagine, right? Mm -hmm. um, pre, 
pre-COVID, during and during COVID, right? Because you wanted to really look at, uh, if you're going to do an assessment of how things are performing, you want to look at how consumers behave before the event, right? And then ultimately during the event. And so collecting the data, uh, really you know, doing some data wrangling and getting in there. And like you said, working with the teams to understand other conditions and context around uh, uh, store locations in different regions. So like you said, it, it becomes a really, as an independent, I really got to work with the teams really closely. I got to work with the agency really closely. And um, you really get to, 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 to learn more about the business in a way that you probably wouldn't when you're working for a larger organization with bigger teams, right? And so that that higher touch, uh, I think uh, I think you make a great point there. Yeah, actually, um, the, the uh, comment about that uh, kind of, especially the early pandemic period and its effect on businesses. And I, I, I we had the same thing with Lytics. So, you know, all of our clients were affected in some way, but one of our clients in particular is sort of affected in a positive way. Um, with respect to you know, results they were seeing. And, you know, it was kind of surprising. And um, same thing as what you were just saying, that, you know, even when things are good, you kind of want to understand why they're good. You know, what, what caused that to be good? Is there something going on there? And, um, you know, kind of looking at, as you're saying, sort of data before the event and data after the event and making the comparison. But what I, I thought was really interesting about that time frame is, there was this sort of additional overlay of data to help with that explanation um, and data that's very hard to come by, which, you know, I, I'm sure you were uh, delving into this as well at the time, but data that related to sort of community and county level and state level responses, like what was very yeah. specific in, and, you know, and every area was different. So what was different about that area, that community, that that county that could have been what accounted for a rise or a decrease in response or uptake or whatever, exactly. whatever it was. And um, it's very hard to pick apart, but it's kind of an interesting time because it wasn't just about the data or the trend or the AB comparison before and after. You really had to dig into what was going on you know, yeah. on the front lines at that point in time. Exactly. And, and, and that level of context really is critical, Paul, as you're saying, to, to really understanding your outcomes, right? And, and then how to act, <laughs> how should the company respond to that? Is, is, uh, are, are these outcomes repeatable and scalable? Um, as you think about, like you said, other locations, because you're, you're dealing with a national chain uh, who operates in different regions, as we both, you know, both understood during that time, every state and every county uh, responded to this, uh, to this pandemic very differently in terms of uh, uh, the, the shutdowns, the level of shutdown uh, and, 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 and how business could, business could operate and the different types of businesses, you know, where they considered essential or not, right? <laughs> so, exactly. so yeah, you had to take all those things into consideration and, 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 and it actually made me appreciate quite honestly, the role of, of data and analytics even more uh, uh, because uh, you, you, you had to take into account even more and more factors, right? Uh, in terms of context, it's, it's not always just the data, right? But it's also the context uh, around the data, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a good segue actually into, um, I, I did want to talk to you a bit about data literacy because I know you're, you, you know, you're working with companies all the time as, uh, you know, over the years as have I and get to see kind of the, uh, the, uh, the differences between organizations and their literacy. And I think, 
um, it, it probably would be the case that how an organization responded during that time period in particular um, <clears throat> was probably, uh, you know, very positive or very negative at a you know, positive result or negative result, primarily based on their data literacy coming in to that point. And, um, you know, it, it may have helped them, may have hurt them, but I, I think that was kind of a would have been a key aspect into how they were able to respond to this very different situation they were kind of hit with, you know, out of the blue. Um, with respect to understanding data and, and uh, using that data to uh, to improve their business. Um, so, you know, when it comes to data literacy, I know Gartner came out with this, um, it was a few years ago, I think, a maturity model that yeah. um, would rate a business from, you know, the, the basic level, level one, all the way up through a transformational level, level five. And as, you know, thinking about that. And from my experience, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of companies, you know, very, very few that are beyond the level one or two, at least according to that, that diagram. Um, but I kind of wanted to get your take on, on that as well. Cause I know, again, you've been working with some, you know, large organizations there for, for, for Ignite and over the years at Velasquez. So um, kind of what's your assessment of how organizations are doing uh, on this maturity scale? Yeah, no, that, that is a great, great question, Paul. And, and the reason why I say that is, at the heart of what we call digital transformation today, you hear a lot about that term digital transformation over the last 10 years. Uh, uh, you've, you've heard of, uh, a lot about how companies are adapting more data analytics and technology to transform their business. Well, uh, what's critical is uh, not only the, the, you know, the, the knowledge of data, but also how data influences the culture, right? Uh, because data literacy is not, you know, it's, it's more than just terms and, and definitions and learning new words, but it's really about the influence of data within the culture of the business, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, and so uh, that's why you've seen a greater emphasis on, uh, and this is what I've seen, quite honestly, over the last several years, and even more so um, uh, in the last uh, uh two years here is uh, more data literacy programs uh, within companies, more training, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's internal or externally driven, um, but uh, companies realizing that in, uh, in order for uh, that transformation to be successful, uh, we have to get uh, uh, data literacy within the fabric of our organizations. And that starts with training. If, if we're gonna have this kind of change management environment, uh, we have to provide the tools and the resources, um, uh, and it's difficult. It's difficult. It, it is. It's it's uh, from what I've seen and what I've experienced, even uh, uh, in my uh, uh, you know my work experience. That type of transformation is difficult because you have to uh, you have to run the day to day business, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and and for for larger companies, um, you know the the ship can't turn that fast. It's it's a process. So you have to create a roadmap. Uh, you have to have buy-in from senior executive levels. Uh, uh, and, and, and so that means um, you, you, you have to have the, the right teams involved in the process. And, uh, and you have to have a good plan you know, for, for how data literacy uh, ultimately is going to be more influential in the culture and in the fabric of, of how you operate from day to day. And, and, and that's a challenge and, and more companies, uh, of course, have, have identified the need and, uh, and you're starting to see more emphasis on training 
and the and the influence of that training in change management type programs. Yeah, I think you're really touching on something there with especially with the cultural side of things because. Um, you know, like the, the Gartner model is an organizational model, right? It's data yeah. literacy for the entire organization, but you really could talk about it at uh, like the team level and certainly all the way down right. to the individual level. And that's that's really where it starts, right? Because it, it has to, it, it can't just be a top-down thing. It has to be, <laughs> uh, in my mind, a bottoms-up thing, if, yeah. if more so than a, than a top-down thing, right? The, yeah, the executives have to buy in and has to has to be an organizational emphasis and focus on data literacy and, and becoming a database organization. But uh, it doesn't happen unless you've also built the bottoms up, which is the training and the culture. And, um, you know, I think one, asks, one thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, some aspects of the details behind individual data literacy, like, you know, the tools and technologies that are out there and the algorithms that people can use and even the data they have access to, those kind of things change a lot over the years. Right? Yeah. They, can, yeah. they might be stagnant for a little bit and then they kind of ramp up and, and uh, accelerate. But there, there really are some core competencies that um, really underlie a successful transformation, that, especially at that individual level. So um, I, I don't know if you you know agree with that. And, and if so, like what are some of the challenges? What, what are some of those competencies and maybe some challenges you've seen out there? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question, Paul. I'll give you a perspective. You know, I, I started out analyzing customer databases back in the in the, the early 90s, coming into uh, the 2000s. Uh, database marketing, of course, was <laughs> was uh, uh, was a really big thing, whether it was uh, whether it was grocery store affinity cards or whether it was within a, a retailer who who had a. a a customer database or a customer file. A lot of, that, so, a lot of catalogers and yeah, direct catalogers. mail out there at the time, right? As things begin to evolve and become, you know, more digital, um, uh, you started to see the influence of of uh, of how you know these digital signals. When you start to talk about online behaviors and search behaviors, and then ultimately location based data, you know, as we started, you know, to to evolve, uh, all those things require an individual. The, the individual has to say to them, how will this benefit me and what I do every day? So I think there are a few things, Paul, that the individual needs is number one, how does it impact my day-to-day? -day? Number two, um, how can I connect with, whether it's information or, or resources that can help me learn? And then number three, um, application. You know, you have to get in the sandbox and play around with the tools and play around with the data. Uh, and really have this, you know, level of curiosity that that allows you to to really engage with with these new applications and new data. So I think that's important for the individual um, uh, because it's <laughs> it's not going to be easy if if you don't accept that. Hey, change is coming, and I need to I need to either get ahead of this change or move with the change. Yeah, and I also um, you know kind of related to that, you've been working on uh, curriculum development. Um, kind of at the university level. And that's something, you know, obviously has also transformed quite a bit over the years. I was at uh, on the faculty at Johns Hopkins back in the early 2000s period and taught data mining. And, and you know, we didn't call it data science then, but data science and <laughs> statistics and, and right. bioinformatics and courses like that. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen change over the years, it's it, the, the focus of that kind of training is, is very different nowadays. But you've been kind of yeah. deep 
in the uh, the development of curriculums uh, at University of Chicago. So, um, you know, how have you seen that change and what kind of curriculum are you uh, working on there? I'm focused on uh, big data and the role big data has played in marketing to really work with executives um, who want to become, number one, more, you know, data literate, uh, Mm -hmm. but also uh, uh, professionals who want to understand what are some of the ways that I can apply this information in what I do every day, right? And and as we talked about earlier, you know, marketing uh, is really focused on engaging consumers at at every stage of that life cycle. And data plays a role, right, Paul? From from the introduction to the consumer, uh, whether it's a new product or service, you know, uh, uh, creating awareness and and that identification uh, of of the right consumer. So that whole targeting and and that whole identification um, to the engagement, right? And, uh, um, And how consumers engage with, you know, marketing communications and the different media channels all the way to the time that uh, they, the, the point where they make the decision, right? The action, uh, am I gonna buy? <laughs> and right. if they do buy, uh, so data is, is operating at every point uh, uh, of, of those different stages. And, uh, and, and for marketers, uh, it's important to, to really understand how you can leverage data. What data uh, can you leverage? What are the privacy considerations for that? Um, uh, within the construct of your business, do you have the appropriate governance? Uh, so do you have the appropriate protocols and 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 catalogs and 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 all the procedures uh, for accessing and utilizing that data? So, you, so there are all these considerations, right, Paul? Because uh, even if you think about privacy today, so let's 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 talk about privacy, right? Um, the regulatory environment has, has become so much of a focus as you think about GDPR in Europe, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, in, and in the United States, California with CCPA uh, and, and, and get, shifting the focus back to the consumer um, having more of a right to know. Uh, or power, why, yeah. Right, who's mm-hmm. using my data? Why are they using it? And, and giving different permissions on what data can be used. So. And that's that's one of the shifts, as you said, that you're seeing more and more of a focus on uh, uh, not only the the science of data, right, but also the the, the usage of data and the activation of data, uh, right. and how it and how it impacts how companies are formed and how companies operate, right? Yeah, it's not just about what can I do with this data anymore. It's it's you know almost as much can I even use this data? What am I allowed to do with it? Um, and that's important, right? Uh, very important. Yeah, um, companies. Uh, uh, you're seeing a lot of hefty fines and penalties uh, to some major companies because uh, because of those uh, considerations, right? Yeah, I think the um, you know one of the uh, things you were uh, developing in that curriculum there was very interesting. Uh, when you mentioned that, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you were saying uh, all of what you're developing is or uh, part of what you're developing is for the executive level. And uh, that, that kind of speaks to, right, it's not just about those in the trenches who have to understand, you know, what is data and how to use data and, and uh, how do I apply data to help the business. But, uh, you know, even at the executive level, that literacy ha- has to be there if they're going to run a team. As we both uh, have seen over the, the last, I would say, maybe 
15 years, a lot of these companies like Facebook and Google, a lot of the, the foundations of their business is built on data, right? And, and the monetization of that data, um, whether it's for uh, a Facebook in terms of uh, advertising and the advertising revenues and how they leverage everything they know about the user base uh, to, to, uh, uh, to, to advance their ad platform. Um, and of course, uh, all the many different cycles that you see associated with Google and its, its many brands, well, Alphabet is, as they call it uh, from the trading side, but um, you know, Google in terms of search and, and, and YouTube and video, um, all of this, the foundation and the, 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 the revenue generation source is really around the consumers that engage with all of these different uh, platforms. And, and, and these companies started out understanding the value uh, of the data. But if you're a, a traditional company like uh, an oil company or, uh, uh, or a traditional retailer, um, you have to actually transform to begin to utilize some of these tactics. Well, how do you do that? What, what, what data is, you know, is, is of value to my business? How can I leverage that data? Um, do I have the right uh, resources and do I have the right tools and do I have the right employees? <laughs> so there are all these questions, right, Paul, that I'm sure you see um, uh, at Lytics um, and, and with companies that you work with, all these questions that now have to be, you know, uh, put to the forefront and, and, and answered. And they're difficult. They're difficult questions. These are hefty investments. And, uh, and so, yes, it's, it's great to have executives in these programs to, to help them in, in, in how they can think about these in a different way. Yeah, I think that topic of data monetization is, is a, a really good one. And um, I, I think people don't jump into the data and analytics world thinking about that, you know, kind of right out of the gate. But it, I think it pretty quickly becomes an important, you know, concept, uh, especially as you uh, kind of move up in, into the executive level, because, uh, you know, it's it, data for the sake of data. That's not necessarily interesting to a business, but data right. for the sake of how is it going to, you know, get incremental value from it. That's key. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because you're, you're right. You know, some of the uh, original unicorn companies kind of grew up and that that's where they started. Right. But uh, I, I guess a question for you is uh, of the traditional companies or maybe not even traditional, maybe smaller organizations, smaller and midsize organizations that opportunity for monetization is there, but uh, you know, I, I think it's hard, and, and they might uh, maybe see some challenges that can't be overcome. But you know, what, what would you suggest for let's let's say a medium sized uh, organization to uh, to really start to embrace uh, data and especially kind of move towards uh, data monetization? I like to challenge, you know, the the either the company I'm working with or, or the partner I'm working with to not think too big <laughs> mm -hmm, right. uh, because it can become very overwhelming. So uh, the first thing I always uh, I always try to do is I, I try to try to get an understanding of the strategy. What is your strategy? What is your strategic outlook as a company, right? What are you trying to accomplish in the next three years, two years, um, uh, next five years, even if, if if you're even thinking that far these days, right? right <laughs> but right. the key is if you're going to develop any type of data strategy, the data strategy has to align to the company strategy. What, what is the what are the imperatives? What are what are the business challenges? What are the opportunities? Right. Um, uh, and once we have a good, you know, um, discovery around 
around those dynamics um, and, and any pain points associated with it, then we can begin to ask the question, now where does data play a role or could data play a role? Um, and, and, and do you have that data internally or do we have the source of that? So you start to ask all these other questions as, as you begin to learn what are the strategic pain points, opportunities, threats, um, uh, is there an innovation opportunity here that we can begin to leverage? Then we begin to think about and talk about the, uh, how the data strategy can fit within that construct and uh, become an accelerator. Right. Uh, because that's really what data and analytics should, should, should become, should really support the, the, the strategy and become an accelerator of that strategy. Yeah, and I, I uh, fully agree. Uh, you, you briefly mentioned in there um, the, the concept of a POC kind of yeah. environment, you know, piloting ideas and concepts to get going. So the strategies, as you said, sort of alignment of strategy to data and and uh, overall organizational goals is has to be the starting point. Um, but I, you know, what I've seen come after that often is moving too fast, too quick. Yeah. Um, and so, and I was actually just uh, talking to a fairly large international organization yesterday and kind of talking about that idea. And, um, you know, the, to me, one of the key uh, reasons for there are two real key reasons. One is um, you, you want to develop some form of understanding of what it's going to get you. Like, what, what is the ROI right. of, of this strategy or, or this, you know, potential usage of the data? Um, because developing the strategy and putting it, putting it into place can be a, a long, expensive process. So you, you, you want to have some idea of, of what the benefit's going to be exactly. early on. And, and the second thing, you know, I mentioned this to them is they don't always all pan out, right? All of the ideas that you they might don't. have for data strategy <laughs> and products and how you're going to make use, uh, you know, a, a certain percentage is going to fail, not because, you know, you, you couldn't do the analytics on the data, but maybe the data wasn't sufficient enough. It wasn't full. It was too dirty. Maybe you don't even have the data, right? Um, uh, or maybe the organization wasn't fully enough behind that particular concept. And so I, to me, I think playing out those ideas um, early in POC kind of pilot mode and uh, you know measuring ROI and just making sure they're a fit, uh, it's gotta be the starting point after the strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to build on your, your point there about uh, those projects that don't pan out, I believe it was Gartner uh, who published uh, uh, a study um, back in 2019, I believe it was, uh, that stated that uh, it was some ridiculously high number, like 70% or so of, of, of AI and advanced, advanced analytics projects don't pan out due to biases, either in the data, biases in, in the, the, the analytics processes, or, or, uh, uh, or just uh, really a breakdown in, 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 in the strategy, right? And so to your point, right, Paul, it's, it's, it's imperative to, to, to really look at um, uh, the spinning up a, a proof of concept, some, something smaller, but, but like you said, something where you can have uh, performance indicators or key performance measures and benchmarks to say, okay, um, these are the things we wanna achieve. And if we can achieve them, we can scale it and then we can move forward, right? Um, but if we can't, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> then you don't want to make it because these are huge investments, right? Yeah. Uh, cut, cut your losses early and, and move on because there are plenty of ways <laughs> to monetize data. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so, uh, so no, I totally agree that uh, 
and I've and I've been a part of those projects that didn't, you know, that that didn't make it, that failed. Uh, um, but you know, again, if 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 you're really employing the proper steps, you can learn. You know, you can learn from those failures even, um, and that can inform you know uh, the, the either the next project or the next sequence of what you're trying to work on. So. Thanks. This has been really illuminating. Um, before we uh, jump off, any um, kind of last comments, any books you've been reading, uh, articles you've been looking into lately? Yeah, you know, more so it's it, it, I spent a lot of time um, reading, reading some of the latest articles and attending webinars. Um, so uh, uh, Dataversity, I don't know if you're familiar with Dataversity. Um, they provide a lot of great resources. And, and I've spent a lot of time really on, on, uh, uh, on this idea of data privacy uh, because that area is, 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 is really changing so fast. Uh, as you think about the US, you know, United States is thinking about um, uh, in Congress, uh, a more broad sweeping legislative approach to this rather than um, every state making, <laughs> right, right. and that because that's difficult for companies to manage all the different permutations and different you know regulatory considerations. So 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 data privacy and also data governance. You know, for the for the last few months here, I've been really focused in those areas because of uh, 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 huge changes even in business. So think about this, Paul. You've got more work from home. Um, considerations right right uh, remote working so how do you manage that from a from a from a data governance standpoint <laughs> so so to answer your question yes those are the two things i've been focused on and i've been uh reading a lot more on those and attending a lot of webinars and and just uh really trying to stay abreast of what's happening in the uh in the in those areas of data right and data and analytics and uh, I'll make a quick note that um, they, uh, and, and I think many uh, people listening may uh, have seen or, or uh, read this book, but a book by Doug Laney called Infonomics is a, a great book on the uh, data monetization question. So, oh, yeah, something to yeah. pick up. <laughs> well, and again, thanks. Uh, great talking to you again, of course, and uh, very illuminating uh, discussion here. Thank no, you. thank you, Paul. Thank you. And uh, uh, to all the listeners out there, you know. Take some time to really learn more about uh, data and, and, and data literacy and how data can really, really become an important part of the, the, the culture of your business. But thank you, Paul. Thanks, Ed. Take care.